0: Welcome to Real Estate Keeping It Simple. I'm your host, Ray Dove with REMAX Eastside Brokers here in Bellevue, Washington. I thought this week's podcast, I'd talk a little bit about some of the things we're starting to see as our spring market starts to get moving along. If you're a home buyer, it can be very stressful these days going out and finding a property or two and then making an offer only to find out that you've been outbid on the home. Maybe the terms that you offered weren't attractive enough. I heard a week ago that a home over in the Seattle area was put on the market for $1.7 million. And it ended up selling for $960,000 over the asking price. How do you compete about uh, with the offer like that? Then I some clients I'm working with found a home up in an area called Edmond, which is north of Seattle. And the home was listed for a million dollars. Older home, they remodeled it. it, looked really nice. We decided not to go see it because we thought for sure it would go over the asking price and the buyers just didn't feel comfortable going 100 dollars $150,000 over the asking price. Yet it sold for $500,000 over the asking price. So it sold for a million five. Then we looked at a home just the other day in Duval, which is east of Bellevue, east of Redmond. It's a nice community. In the average home out there sells for seven hundred, maybe eight hundred thousand depending upon the square footage. We found this home for seven hundred twenty five, just came on the market. It looked very cute. The seller had done a pre inspection of the home. The inspection appeared to look really good. We looked at Recent sales and determined that, you know, the home could sell for 800000 805000 and my buyer said, you know, we'd be willing to pay $80,000 over the asking price for that home. So as we prepared getting an offer, I get an email from the seller's agent saying that the sellers had decided to take an offer that came in for $950,000, $225,000 over the asking price. So how do you compete in this market? Are you willing to pay more than what the home has appraised for? Buy a home without an inspection report? Do you have the needed funds in which to make up the difference between the appraised value and the purchase price? As a seller, you probably love this market. This is a great opportunity to get the most possible price in your home. And if you have very little contingencies, you don't have to worry about building inspection, you have to worry about low appraisal, then this is a great time to sell. And I would highly recommend you sell if you know where you're going to next, because if you sell your home, you need a place to go to next. If you don't, then you're gonna be out looking at homes, paying top dollar after selling your place for top dollar. So if you're moving out of the area, you're still going to probably run into that challenge in different areas, whether it's a different state or a different county. So you have to be prepared to how, what you're going to do next on that. I was introduced to a couple last week that are moving here from out of state, and they were sharing with me that real estate agents are encouraging them to if they want to compete in today's real estate market, that they have to waive the appraisal, they have to waive the building inspection if they want to compete. And that's all well and good in theory. But if you're paying two hundred thousand dollars over the asking price, do you have that in addition to the down payment that the lender wants? Because if you pay nine fifty for a house and it appraises for seven fifty, you have to make up that difference in addition to your five, ten, twenty percent down that you're doing with the lender for the appraised value of the home. Now, in our state, if the seller doesn't give the buyer the opportunity to do an inspection, that could come back to haunt the seller later because we cannot stop the buyer from doing their own due diligence now if the buyer decides look i'll accept the seller's inspection report and i'll waive it that's okay if the buyer makes that decision but if the buyer's real estate agent is coaching them on you need to buy this without building inspection or the seller says look if you want our offer if you want to buy our home you have to do it without doing a building inspection the real estate agent and or the seller could be held liable later if it is deemed that the buyers were told that they didn't have the ability to do their own due diligence. So as a seller, do everything you could to at least allow the buyer to do their own pre-inspection before they make an offer. Certainly give them access to your inspection report if you have it. And I get it. It's a more attractive offer if you don't have to deal with an offer subject to a building inspection. At the same time, the buyer with the best price may want to do a building inspection. So as a seller, you're certainly going to have to reconsider the different types of terms and stuff that you have to deal with. The other thing I'm starting to see is where people want the buyer's to put their earnest money on the table, non refundable paid to the seller. I don't think that's a good practice. You do that, and for whatever reason the sale does not close, you then have to try to get your earnest money deposit back from the seller. And suppose the seller didn't put it in a safe place. Like they went out and spent it already, thinking that they had a closed sale. Now it's problematic. Can you put the earnest money in a trust account, title company, escrow company, to hold it? And if the sale doesn't close through no fault of the seller, then certainly the seller would have some claim possibly to that earnest money deposit. But to just give them the earnest money deposit out of the gate to show them how sincere you are, I don't know if that's a good practice. So my way of coaching people are not convincing them to buy homes and waiving low appraisal or waiving building inspections or giving up earnest money deposits to sellers out of the gate. So I guess maybe that disqualifies me as being a real estate agent for many buyers out there. My job is to give you information so that you can make the decision that you feel is best for you. If I make these recommendations and you say, Ray, that's all well and good, but we want to buy it without building inspection. Okay, I'll write the offer up accordingly. Hey, Ray, that's all well and good. We're willing to give them the earnings in my deposit. Even though I may strongly suggest you don't, at the end of the day, I'm going to do what you ask me to do, and I'm going to try to structure transactions that's going to best protect you the best way possible based on what you want me to do. But my job, my role, is to give you information so you're empowered to do what you feel is right for you. Same thing with the seller. I'm going to give you my recommendation when I think the price should be to attract more than one offer. I'm also going to ask you to do certain things to make your home more appealing. Yes, we're in a very aggressive sellers market. Yes, you'll probably sell the home for more than you have it listed for unless you've priced it too high. But there's certain things you can do to enhance your home to attract more people. I mean, the first and last thing people see is the front of your home. So let's look at the front of your home. Let's look at the roof. Let's look at the gutters. Let's look at the landscaping. You know, and then once you get inside the home, you know, let's make sure things are put away and get the home cleaned up, ready for the buyers. And I've I've chatted about a lot of these things in previous podcasts. But if you want to attract and get the most amount of people excited about your home, do things to get them excited. You wouldn't try to sell your car that was dirty and hasn't been washed in six months, would you? Not if you want top dollar. So those are some of the things to consider. Uh, I'll also... Uh, address today, I thought I'd talk a little bit about some of the things that I've done over the years for clients. Because uh, sometimes I think most people think all we do is, is put up a for sale sign, put up a key box, and then we go back to our office and wait for offers to come in. And that may very well be how it looks today. But even so, I've found myself in some interesting situations. I mean, my job is to give you good input on what the home should sell for, talk about the challenges with inspections and things pertinent to your property, oil, tanks, septic system, sewer, now those things that we need to discuss, if there's been a roof leak, there's been water in the crawl space, so I'm getting paid for what I call my intellectual property. But I found myself, in, in some cases, like several years ago, the Building inspection called for a chimney cap to be put on a chimney. We couldn't get someone to come out in a reasonable amount of time to get the transaction to close timely. So I went to Home Depot, bought a chimney cap, walked, got up on the roof of a two-story home, went up the fireplace chase, and put a chimney cap on that chimney so that the bank would approve it. I've been in people's crawl spaces. I remember one elderly client... We couldn't get a contractor to come out for like three weeks, and we needed the crawl space cleaned out sooner than later. So I went in the crawl space, straightened all the vapor barrier, cleaned out all the debris and stuff that was in there so that we could get the bank to come back out there and relook at it and confirm it had all been done so we can get the transaction closed. I have mowed and edged yards for people, I have cleaned patios and balconies of moss, gates of moss, pressure washing that, pressure washing sidewalks and driveways. I've had a client at one time tell me, look, I'm not doing anything to the house. But I want you to get it sold. I want top dollar for it. Yeah, okay, so, you know, when my photographer was out there, I was busy cleaning moss off of garage doors, off a of patio, off a of patio furniture, off of decks, off of gates. I did everything I could so that the pictures would show the home in its best light so that we can attract buyers and get higher price for the home. I've swept out garages. I've mopped floors. I've rearranged furniture to make the rooms look a little bit larger. I've painted bedroom walls, hallway walls, just so we can get the colors to look a little bit more common to what people would really enjoy seeing. I mean, there's so many things we do as a real estate agent. And, you know, not all of us are certified to be home stagers. We're certainly not certified to be handyman. My downside is I do know how to do a lot of handyman projects, so it's easy for me If we can't get someone to go out and put in GFCI switches, it's pretty simple. I can help someone put in one or two of those. I had to, uh, somebody damaged a hood vent on a stove of a seller of mine. So I had to run around town, find another hood vent that went up and down and try to get that fixed and installed so that it's ready for the next buyer. Yeah, those are little things. Yeah, you think, okay, so what, well, you're still making, you know, a lot of money on this sale. But it's in the spirit of trying to help my sellers present their property in the best possible way. In so much that I do have people that I count on that are handyman, painters, roofers, plumbers, that are very economically good for my clients. They don't charge a lot of money like they would if it's a big construction company. But even they are busy, very busy. And so to get someone to come out in a reasonable amount of time to get the challenges fixed so a transaction can close, well, that's what I'm there for. And I'm happy to do that in addition to helping the sellers set their home up to be in the best possible position to get the highest possible price. That's what I that's what I bring to the table. That's what I feel I'm very good at, and I feel I'm very strong at helping the sellers negotiate through the sea of offers that they get, verify the buyer's ability to truly perform, you know, do they have the funds, do they have the resources, I make the phone calls, I send the emails to verify the information so that we, we're just not getting a piece of paper, so that I can look at my seller, or chat with my seller in confidence, say yes, I've talked to this lender, I've talked to this financial person, they have the financial resources to perform and I'm, you know you know and I'm also trying to gauge where the buyers are really coming from by the conversations I have with their agent and a lot gets you revealed that way of what can or can't be done and I'm not perfect but I try to be attentive I listen to try to find out what is the best way to come together with a purchase agreement now representing a buyer it's a little bit more of a challenge because when the seller's agent gets 14, 15, 30 offers in a house, you don't get much of that seller's agent's time to chat about your offer. So you send them an in-depth email about your buyer, who they are, why they love the home, their financial situation, the contact information for their lender or their financial advisor to verify they have the money. That We have to put that all in an email. And hopefully it comes across to work to the client's benefit. Somebody asked me the question the other day. You know, do I have enough uh, r- strong relationships in the real estate business to where that might work to my advantage on getting a transaction put together? And I would say yes. I don't know everyone. There's so many new people in the business the last five, ten years, but it has helped my clients put together a transaction as a buyer, knowing the seller's agent, because. They know how I work, they like my style, they know that I'm working with people that are ready to buy and can buy. Whereas there's a lot of people out there bringing offers to the table and they really haven't done their buyer a service of getting them prepared to actually buy a house. And I've also leaned towards certain buyer's agents when I'm representing a seller, because I know they too. They've done the work, they've prepared their buyer, they got everything in place, versus someone that I don't know. In the end, the decision is still left with the seller to decide what they want to do, and the buyer is to what they want to do. My job, again, is to put the information on the table and empower people to say, yes, I want to do this, yes, I want to do that. And I'll give my honest feedback. It's a communication between buyer and realtor and seller and realtor so that everybody can plot the course of what they think will be a successful way to a successful close of Esper. I'd love to chat with you if you're looking for more input you want to interview more real estate agents whether you represent whether you're a home buyer or a home seller and i'm a phone call away you can text me and say hey ray i've heard your podcast we'd love to at least chat with you or interview you as we're thinking about buying or selling a home i can be reached at 425-681-8630 you can Text me or call me. You can also email me at raydoverimax at gmail.com. Hope you have a great week. Happy house hunting. Happy house selling. Love to work with you. Love to help you get your real estate transaction from available to sold in a timely fashion. Look forward to hearing from you and take care.